Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to What Women Want with Amy and Ed. Hello and welcome to the show, What Women Want, where I and some great comedians look at the misadventures, misunderstandings and misogyny involved in being a woman. Consider this your podcast equivalent of a childhood diary, where you could share your deepest secrets and your darkest misadventures. For example, I once told someone at primary school that I had a horse when I did not in fact have a horse. And when pressed, I try to save it by saying, uh, it's more of a donkey. In this episode, we are looking at what women want is best friends. We recorded the show back in July 2018 at the Soho Theatre. I am joined in the ultimate third wheel move by real life best friends who both happen to be hugely funny and kind. Listen to me try to insert myself into their lives. So let's join Brona C. Titley and Ashling B., at the Soho Theatre in London now, in a room that was super hot in a London summer kind of way, but also super fun to find out what women want. Hello. Hello. Please, Brona, where's your fan? I did not bring a fan, I brought fans. Oh, yes. We did not even prepare that gag, guys. (laughs) So each podcast, each show, we try and talk, uh, tackle a different topic. So we're going to talk today about best friendship. This is a best friendship special. Ha ha ha! <laughs> uh, I think in the, in the promo for this I said, watch me be jealous of their friendship on stage. Yeah, yeah that's a correct response. <laughs> correct response. Big shout out to all the lonely people with no friends. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Just me. Um, no, I've got friends. Please? No. I said before... Stop make, don't make jokes about not having friends because people will hear you in that croaky voice and be like, maybe. <laughs> well, I had, uh, I got really lonely the last time I did this podcast because Amy is one of my great friends and Amy's my, uh, you know the way there's always a question like your ideal dinner party. Mine's normally my pals and I, ha- I include you in every dinner pot. I nearly always do because you can talk to anyone. You can put Amy in, in the sort of anyone, whether it's a racist or a, a politician. Uh, she can chat away. Love them all. Um, sometimes with too much gusto, if you ask me, Amy. Um, <laughs> But uh, then live on this podcast, yeah. to my face, via yeah. the audience's faces, yeah. you said, well, I've never been invited to a dinner party. 
I'm a liar, a stone-cold liar. Yeah. And so the idea is that best friendship is something that I think is really interesting when it comes to feminism. So we often talk in this show about, we talk to things like, uh, what women want is a beach-ready body, uh, what women want is to be treated like a princess. And so in this one, we're going, what women want is a best friend. And I think female friendship, or even non-binary friendships, friendships that don't sit, that sit in this sort of weirdly outlier space, but yet a space that has been weirdly heavily scrutinized but in quite a dismissive way, until maybe quite recently, is a really interesting political place to look at. And so the idea is that we're each going to respond to the idea, what we want is best friends, and then uh, I'm going to ask these guys some questions. When I was thinking about the topic, uh, what women want is a best friend, I was thinking, well, I mean, my first response obviously is yes, it feels like such an obvious answer, but I thought a lot about why, and I think, especially from a sort of feminist point of view, often your female friendships are one of the few places that you're seen as an individual that you come to as sometimes too, too raw. <laughs> sometimes you're too much your own self, I find. Like, you know, in many situations, you're a coworker, you're a mother, you're a daughter, you know, you're, you're someone's girlfriend, maybe. You're in this, sort of, in this sort of heteronormative world. You're in this sort of, you fit into these slots. I used to laugh about how um, my partner's a comedian and, you know, Soho Theatre Bar, what a cool place to hang out on a Friday night. Ooh, so busy. Um, and we'd, we'd stand in a circle and when we first started going out and all these male comedians would be talking. And I realised, weirdly, that it would be fine if I didn't speak. That it would be, I could actually stand in silence and no one at the end would be like, that girl was so quiet. They would just be like, I guess she was laughing away inside. <laughs> she couldn't stop laughing. But if I think if I was a man in that situation, they would be like, that guy was really quiet and that was weird. So, you know, you sort of sit in these labels in these spaces, but I think in a female friendship group, you come as you are. And sometimes that can be overwhelming <laughs> in a good way and in a bad way because you're so rarely seen for the quirks that make you you, that make you individual. So I was thinking a lot about that. And then I was thinking... Why is that sort of powerful free space being so politicized? Uh, see, not politicized, but seen through a political eyes, I think. So for a long time, female friendships were quite dismissed. I mean, to the point that, as we've taught, I'm sure most people know, um, to be lesbian was never a crime in this country because it wasn't considered a possibility. You know, that, it was, that, so people were friends. They lived together as friends for three years and had, like, a house, you know, and they had property together. And they were, but they were friends, and everyone was like, they're friends. <laughs> They're friends. You know what I find myself doing there? Like, going, that's shocking at the bit where you were like, it's not illegal. It should have been just as illegal. <laughs> and I, here today, make the call. Uh, please. Um, so I think, you know, female friendship has this, like, interesting, very political history, and yet many histories have not been written of it, and focus, focus on it is often quite dismissive. I mean, I think people kind of went crazy about the Eleanor Ferranti novels. I don't know if people have read them. Um, they're these blockbuster novels written by this anonymous woman who, and it delves into one very intense female friendship. And I think part of the reason people went so crazy for this book was that there had been so few fictional um, and sort of updated versions of what it is to be a, a friendship uh, as women. And so thinking about the sort of exciting new space for us to explore, I was also thinking about the worst aspects of uh, sort of female friendship. 
Are we now coming into a moment where female friendships are politicized in a sort of trendy way? I mean, you could argue we're in this sort of same situation with feminism, people trying to understand what is and what isn't feminism and what is just people excited to have a new word to describe you know, having their hair colored pink and having that be a choice, which is still powerful, but isn't necessarily feminism. You know, we're all trying to figure out what it is and do our understandings of female friendship fit into that. And then sort of finally, I was just thinking, what, why is it that I have such a clear idea about the differences between how people, if you just came up to someone on the street and you asked them to describe what a female friendship was, what a male friendship was, how, in noises, right? <laughs> I really believe that they would be like, Women, men. And then silence, right? Like, why is that such an understandable trope that we're living within? Like, these are all things I want us to talk about. Um, and so there's no wrong answers. And also, a big part of the show is that it should be the beginning of the conversation. So I'd love to see you all talking about this afterwards, because I don't want this to be, you feel like if you didn't hear something that you feel is personal to you heard on this stage, it doesn't mean it's not valid. It is valid. We just have a certain amount of time. And especially when it's these guys, I really want to ask them specific questions about them. But that's not to say your experiences aren't valid. They totally are. And let's talk about it afterwards in the bar. So. Verona, when you heard that the topic was what women want is a best friend, what did you think about? Yeah, uh, thank you, Amy. Thank you. Uh, that was really interesting. I like it. Kind of feels like the three of us are actually at brunch, but you've given us all microphones. <laughs> uh, I'm not uh, paying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when you told me that the theme was friendship, I was really excited because I was like, oh, brilliant, like something I definitely feel qualified to talk about because um, I may not be a perfect person and I may be a terrible lover um, <laughs> and I may have killed a few people, but I am definitely a good friend. Um, and I think that uh, I, like I, the friendships that I have in my life right now and the quality that they are makes me feel really rich and that's something that like I feel every day that there's like a richness in my life uh, because of that um, which obviously isn't as good as being rich because you have actual money <laughs> um, but then if you if you make friends with actual rich people like Ashling B then maybe uh, you know you can uh, <laughs> you can have some of their money or one day uh, ransom them for two million pounds um, just kidding I, I would never do that I would ransom you for much much less um, <laughs> But I think it got me thinking about um, what are the qualities that like I value in my friendships now as an adult and what are the qualities that I'd like to give to my friends and get back. And it surprised me that the first thing that I thought about was contact. Like, mm. uh, I know that some friends always say, oh, we could like not see each other for like two years and then we'd be <laughs> still best friends. Uh, and to those witches, I say... Uh, <laughs> Fuck. Uh, like I really I really feel that like the contact that I get from my close friends where you know like text me every couple of days or you are dead to me mm. um, like ask me ask me how I am and about my life sort of hearing myself now and realizing that I might be more high maintenance than I thought I was <laughs> oh, you're lovely as a friend <laughs> Why is Ashley hiding behind her fan? Um, so yeah, contact is, is genuinely really important to me and sharing your life with your friends in the way that you would share it with a partner and the minutiae of your life being something that they're aware of and we'll maybe talk a little bit more about how much we know about each other. Um, Don't tell them. Uh, <laughs> we do actually, because we know each other's, so many of each other's secrets, we, uh, we thought we should like agree on a code phrase for if like one of us is about to say something that the other person 
person doesn't want shared. And we thought that code phrase could be like, don't fucking say that, it's private. <laughs> uh, so something to bear in mind. Um, but the second thing that I thought about... Uh, don't fucking say that, it's private. <laughs> for the podcast listeners, Ashling has got a knife out of her pocket <laughs> and is threatening me with it. Um, but the, yeah, and then the second thing that I thought about after contact... Um, was support like I think that now in my life you really want uh, you want your your friends to celebrate your achievements and your la- your life stuff mm. and that, that can be a spectrum from like the big stuff like your marriage or your career but also like the tiny things like I sent a text to a friend of mine the other day and I was genuinely like okay I need to tell you this like after six phone calls the council have finally given me a new compost bin uh, <laughs> and she was like oh Yes, Queen, you are slaying it. Fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. <laughs> I just I genuinely appreciated that because there are so many little moments in your life that like you want your you want your cheerleaders, like you were yeah. and sorry to use that anti-feminist uh, example. Um, and then I think thirdly, like it sounds obvious, but uh, it's definitely love. Like I want to feel love and give love to my friends uh, because essentially, you know, friendship is kind of a relationship uh, without the sex. Uh, although, of course, you can sleep with your friends. Every uh, now and again. <laughs> Twelve of them are here tonight. <laughs> uh, actually, though, genuinely, I have tried it once. And uh, I find that it's, it's quite good to sleep with your friends because chances are, if you're close to them, they've told you over martinis what they like in bed. So you have a head start. Uh, this is exactly the Hollyoaks After Dark content I want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think love is important because ultimately, like we've all been dropped on this planet, and uh, we just do not know what we are doing here. But uh, that bit, like trying to love the people around you, is the bit that I feel like we've gotten right. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like there are two or three people in my adult life who I could call my best friend. Don't tell Ashley. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're talking about a variety of characters from the screen and stage. I'm just talking about (laughs) Ashley's different personalities. Um, But I feel like those people are kind of like the pillars that hold up uh, the building that is me. Like your life is kind of made up of, you know, being held up by your community and your family or your partner or your friendship. And there's loads of friends that are holding up uh, the pillars that are holding me up. Just realize that in this metaphor, I am a building. Um, (laughs) A very high building, though. I could have picked something slightly more complimentary <laughs> to compare myself to. Um, but yeah, I think, so basically what I'm saying is friendship, I'm in favour of it. Okay. You know that is a controversial uh, opinion. Don't at me. <laughs> Thank you, Bruno. Uh, so first, me need speak, but me don't really have... <laughs> I am going to speak eloquently for three minutes. We think sometimes. <laughs> um, I I uh, agree with many of your points, both of you, pals. Thank you. But I don't technically agree with all of them. Uh, two things I picked up on were maybe the squad thing, which I'll come back to at one point, and the minutiae of the day. Because we, Bron and I, uh, so first of all, a lot of people go, oh, is Bron your best friend? And I want to punch them in the face 
for what an understatement that is because we call each other our soulmates and I will say this bluntly to Brona's wife who is here and she knows it she knows like Brona is my soulmate and I feel so lucky I think that magic of friendship and what I've realised I'm now in my almost mid-30s but I still have a playing age of 17 and in that time a lot of men have come (laughs) and also all of them have gone after that and um, in that time you really do realise that some of your marriages that you stay in and some of the people that know you for the longest and you've gone through the fights and, and the investments are your friends. And when I, I, I recently came to the idea of like, oh God, what would my future look like if it wasn't in the ideal of it'll be myself and a man or something like that, but with the idea of maybe children and that you would have this village that would look after you and maybe that would involve friendships and not necessarily a partner and I was like that wouldn't be the worst life I mean hopefully by then dildos will be fantastic but like (laughs) it wouldn't be the worst life to have a a life of a community with your friends and um, the only thing I'd say about the whole squad thing and that Mm. maybe there's a power in that in I think for a long time there was this uh, form of pop psychology that was about women pitting each other against each other they used to say it about female stand-ups oh see the thing is women in the Mm. audience won't like it because you'll come out and you're like why not why wouldn't you want to see probably what you've grown up with, which is a female friend on stage telling you jokes, someone who's probably going to describe your stories or, or your experiences more than another comedian. It might be tonally, you might like the other person, and they might be a man, but I don't understand why... Uh, I never understood what this idea of a woman coming on stage and another woman going, not for me, I hate myself. Like, that just doesn't... I genuinely have never found that. And so I think what we've realised, and I think maybe this has been throughout the noughties, mm. is that there is strength. There isn't an infinite... There isn't a limited, rather than... There's an infinite amount of space for women mm. in this world. In workplaces and businesses, there is not a limited amount of space. In some random job, they might only have one place set aside, but there's another business that will take more of us. And that actually we have the power together to kind of create space and kick in walls that didn't actually exist. There was actually nothing behind them. And I think that's what a lot of that, when people are like squat, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. I think what, 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 where that's coming from is in your gut, some kind of like mini army that you can kind of like, almost like rugby players, like mm. kind of come in and go, fuck that, right, you go on ahead, you start your own, <laughs> you know, vaping business, I'll keep going and start your <laughs> career. And that's, I think, what a lot of that squad thing is. It's actually, it's not about isolating, it's mm. about um, bringing more people in to push us further because on your own it's so bloody lonely yeah and when i talk to um stand-ups who i love who are kind of 10 years ahead of me uh female stand-ups um god a lot of their gigging life was lonely because they'd no other women on the bill and they were never gonna you can we can all have material about cats and we're all going to come at it from a different angle because we'll all have our own different cats you're not competing with material but this sometimes happens it's like oh if a woman comes on like they'll probably have the same stuff but yet kind of five men could be on a bill and they'll all do something different because mm. they'll have, what, travelled the world more than all. I don't understand. Like, I just, it's it still... I do love the tight 20 minutes that you do on cats. And honestly, <laughs> what's the deal with them? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> cats. Um, but back to pussies. Uh, 
But thank you. But that, um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think like you can see an analogy for feminism and good friendship in mm. that. I, I think that feminism should be like a good friendship and that should be unequivocal, empathetic, and not necessarily just like blindly trusting, like, but with faith, like entering things with faith and then having a belief in the people around you. Like that's women you don't know and people in your life. And also there are all different types. I am so blessed with my friendships in that I have so many different types of them. There are people I literally do ring for the minutiae of the, you know, the bits and bobs. Like Brona is one of those, I genuinely feel not everyone will get this in life in the same way not everyone will get to fall in love and I don't know if that'll happen for me. You have fallen in love with, an, with another woman. Um, I'm married her. But um, I genuinely... I don't know where she is, so I'm just gazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll win Brona tonight. Um, but I, 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 I don't know that those things are going to happen in the same way. Someone might find a, a partner to go through life with mm. or, or they may not. But I sort of know I've got and my mother always says will you have brown at least Ashling oh. and there is that that is kind of a magical she lives she does we have Brona um, another Ashling thing Ashling is obsessed with me <laughs> um, but uh, actually today she also said sorry about this Amy she's like I listened to a podcast you did I don't understand the purpose of podcasts so she won't be listening um, <laughs> but she's too busy. I get just, it. Yeah. She's a busy lady. She's not busy. She just doesn't get them. Um, but uh, she listens to this going. But that's just something I said. Why did people laugh? Um, but I, uh, I genuinely think there's something magical about making any sort of connection that will sort of uh, uh, last through a storm. But then separately, you can have people that were just there for your twenties, and it doesn't mean they weren't real friends. They served a purpose in a way which was to help you get through your disco years or to help you work out like how to give a hand job or to help you like thank you for that by the way no problem yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was wasted in the end but, uh, <laughs> I ended up doing them all myself <laughs> am I right babe <laughs> <laughs> but you know there's lots of different people who serve in different ways in fact like I've got a huge like I again we can talk negatively about maybe being a female in a male dominated environment I feel incredibly lucky to be a female comedian mm. because after panel shows go wrong or something like that I a niche doesn't ring up Ed Gamble and sort of go oh that didn't feel good that one mm. they just don't chat to each other and not because they can't they, it's sort of like it's not accepted that they could and they would want to and it would make them all happier mm. and, and, and more chill but all of us myself Roisin Catherine Sarah Pasco we all ring each other up sometimes at midnight or 11 p.m. and going oh can I just talk to you about this and see if you think I'm mad and that is such and you go yep yeah, just come at me with the chat and some and I'm not saying they're not my friends in real life as well but you can have people within a workspace you can have uh, celebrity gossip um, <laughs> you can have and you can have your work pal your office pal that you will never see outside of like you'd be shocked to see them in jeans mm. and <laughs> what Mary um, but that is that is your person in the office that you really love and I think that that's a gorgeous gorgeous thing about being a woman is that we are very tribal creatures mm. and that we will create our little tribes and normally boost each other up and this idea that we're against it I don't I honestly have never experienced that and don't know where well, it comes from I think it I agree with you that my personal experiences with female friendships have been very positive but I do think there is a culture of um ex like 
like basically raising women to see themselves as in a sort of a competition. I think it's Chimamanda Ngochi Diche talks about how we don't raise women to be in competition for jobs, which he says might be interesting or good for them, mm -hmm. but to be in competition for the attention of men. We raise our women and our girls to not be in competition for jobs or in their careers, but instead to be in competition for men. So where it might be positive to try and all better each other. Yes, and where, you know, like light competition comes from a bettering of yourself or, you know, a, a sort of inward look. It's all about looking out and kind of catching the attention. And I think that's something you can understand that even if you have good relationships with men in your life, the idea of, in general, sort of attracting the attention of men or at least living to an extent for the, um, to not be unattractive. 
ghost. Um, uh, we met at university uh, when we were students, which you can tell from our skin was two years ago. Um, and actually, I, I saw Ashling in a play. I was with a friend who was friends with her. And so I saw her in the play. She was really good. And he was like, oh, we'll say hello to Ashling afterwards. So I was introduced to Ashling. Um, we had an exchange or we, you know, we spoke for about uh, five minutes and I walked away going, oh, that girl can talk. <laughs> and I walked away going, that girl can talk. <laughs> um, and then I think we just became, we were in the kind of theatre scene and uh, nerds um, and we became friends through mutual friends. And I remember there was like a defining moment where we, for me, where we were at a dinner party and weirdly they put me at one end of the table, Ashling at the other and then all the other guests like down the side. Can I just explain what a dinner party is? Oh no. It's where friends eat together and sometimes you're invited to it and you appreciate it. <laughs> so sorry. You've been to seven at Ashling's house. I know. They, um, they are so good and she cooks for everybody, vegetarians, vegans. She's got lots of tea towels. I don't know. <laughs> Turtles, they were there too. Um, yeah, and uh, I was like, uh, you know, chatting out to the crowd and throwing some little gags out to the table. Yeah. And then there was this fucking chatty Cathy down the other end, throwing <laughs> gags back. And I was like, all right, this hasn't happened before. Um, and then we fell in love. Oh, uh, I don't remember, genuinely, I don't remember the first time. <laughs> I didn't mean that to sound so, I don't even know who you are. It's okay, because she actually took me out to lunch a few years later to ask me if I would write with her. And I have no memory of that meeting whatsoever. That's so mad. Yeah. So I've forgotten you too, bitch. <laughs> years later. I remember what I thought was the first time I met you. And I'd say after that play, sometimes when I come off stage, I'm like, oh my God, what happened, what happened? Like I go a bit sort of um, do lally. I can confirm this uh, <laughs> rumor. I remember coming downstairs to an area outside uh, um, and you had been doing something and, and our friend, maybe it was, this, was the same moment, our friend introduced us. And I remember feeling like, because I was going out with a guy at the time who thought comedy was a competition, which is really tiring because I love funny people. Some, there, there are some funny people who don't like other funny people in the room. Mm. I love, and I've pretty much surrounded myself with funny people my whole life. And I love getting funny looking people, am I right? <laughs> no, no you're, you're beautiful. <laughs> no, I won't hear of it, you're a beauty. <laughs> Sorry, I really love her so much. Um, <laughs> no jokes about you not being a queen. It's okay, for the podcast listeners, I'm a ride. Rona <laughs> <laughs> um, swishes back her long auburn hair. Um, <laughs> That's over. But the podcast is my hair. She's blonde. What is Very over? blonde. <laughs> Anyways, I remember meeting you and being like, oh, you're going to play with me. I throw something out and you throw something back. And I'm like, oh, great. We, like, we can throw back this ball. And even on panel shows and stuff, the worst thing in the world is when someone holds onto the ball. This is a metaphor, by the way. Mm. A metaphor, like my building earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go for it. Uh, but there's nothing worse than when someone holds onto the ball and doesn't let anyone else play, mm. which basically means they'll go, I have an idea about Brexit, and talks about Brexit, and someone goes, ah, I, do you go, ah, third, ah, good, and you can't get anything in. There's nothing better than when you do a little joke and it throws it out and someone goes, oh, like that, and then someone throws it back. And that is how you make. But you're great on panel shows at setting people up. I've always noticed that. Yeah. But, but that is 
most ladies are in general mm. panel shows. Like, there's but you're not a lady base. I'm not a lady. Hi, no lady. <laughs> you told me that's another secret. Um, not in the bedroom, boys. <laughs> there are two men in the front row who I've just accidentally stared at. No, but I'm a real wallflower. Do you, do you think... Do you, <laughs> <laughs> not that! Well, no, sir. But she's a total whore in the kitchen. <laughs> As I know from my many dinner party experiences, which I loved. Um, but Ashing, so on panel shows, yes, I agree, you're really good at setting people up. You think that's a thing that female it colleagues is. are good at? The, I remember um, one of the last episodes of 8 out of 10 Cats I did, uh, and Roisin was on it, and Roisin was on the farthest other side. And there was this joke that came up, something like I'd been nominated as one of the worst dressed people at the BAFTAs in an outfit that I still think was lovely on me. And so did my mother. So fuck you, the Telegraph, Daily Mail and the Sun. Do you know what else? Do you remember the reason they said, they, they said um, uh, I didn't show enough cleavage? Oh, yeah. And that's why I was badly dressed. Yeah. Creepy. Um, but anyways, that... For the podcast listeners, her tits are out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to get on that best dress list. Um, and so they uh, said that, and I, I thought it was quite funny that I brought up... The, the Queen had done something that week, and she was in a, a purple kind of polar neck-looking thing, and it looked very much like my dress. And I thought it'd be funny if we brought up the two at once. And I did think it was funny, and the audience laughed a little bit, but it wasn't actually that funny in the end. But every other person, and some of them were my pals, male comedians, just did this. Mm. And you're like, just pretend! I pretended every one of your jokes. And Roshi went, ah! <laughs> and like, she did look like she remembered something in her past. And it didn't make sense how much Roshi was like, oh, Ash, look at that dress! And look at the queen! And look at you! And look at the queen! Oh, Ash, that's amazing! And like Roshi was making up for all of the laughing for anyone else. And I I looked and I thought, I love you so much. I was dying, like I died with that joke. But there's something that we've talked about before, Paul, called the, the Obama staffers did this, which I find equally amazing and depressing because these are women at like the peak of their profession that you know they're in the room where it happens and they did a thing called the halo effect I don't know if you guys know about this and so what would that mean would be like if someone at this side of the table would say okay I don't really I don't know high level politics but in my mind the women are saying let's not do that okay so the women's like hey guys Obama everybody let's not do that and people would keep talking Christina over here would be like as Maria just said let's not do that and then Someone over here would be like, as Christina and Maria co-signed, let's not do that. And then finally, like Hillary Clinton would be like, we all don't want to do that, you know? But like it was a halo effect because you just, you make it clear and out loud and you say it so no one can refute it that this woman said this thing. So obviously that's, that's an amazing thing yeah, it's and it's what like Roisin the did. antidote to, or like the opposite sort of, of um, uh, like heap eating, heap eating, which is when you're in, I work in a lot of TV writers rooms where it is predominantly male, and you'll sometimes say a joke, and it didn't totally land, but maybe it went in a little bit, and then a few months later, a guy will repeat the joke, and everyone will go, <laughs> comedy. Um, <laughs> and, and what do you and do? So, well, I was just going to say, so they call that heap eating, but in the States, they call that dialing it in on the penis phone. <laughs> which I uh, <laughs> like the image of. I would like to make some calls on that. <laughs> 
I love You've it. You've made many calls. Yeah, <laughs> Shut up, that's private. You've already said it again. I need to get in early. I love that the British version is like, he, yeah. he, he peated me. Yeah. And the American's like, dialing it in on the penis phone, are we, Tony? <laughs> but it's definitely a phenomenon that dilutes when there's more women in the room. And actually, I worked recently as the head writer on a pilot where it was an all-female comedy writing team. And we became like sort of like a cliche of our own because we were like, uh, Brona just had this idea. And then I'd be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I think that was actually originally Jen's idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, I'm so sorry, Debs, are you finished speaking? I just want to make sure that your entire sentence is finished before I I just would not want to interrupt you because I just value you. Yeah. Um, and like, we got less work done because we were respecting each other so much. You say um, that Brona was my head writer on 8 out of 10 cats and it was myself and Gronya Maguire and Brona in a room together just looking over the week's news and coming up with funny angles or trying to anyways. And one particular thing I loved was James Farmer, who's this amazing comedy writer. We'd often bring him in on sport weeks. <laughs> and we had, this, we had this joke with James. And I, I did recently say to James after the Me Too, so I was like, James, was that okay, by the way? Did we ever make you feel uncomfortable? And he's like, no, I loved it. Because we'd be like, hey, James, I dropped another one of my pens on the floor. <laughs> Rona really wants to watch you pick it up slowly. <laughs> Oh my like, god. Oh no, Miss Dove. <laughs> there you go, Miss Bro. Totally forgot about that. And, and now we have it on record for the courts. Oh. But James, oh. I told him not to mind. <laughs> That's funny. I've met James. He's a nice guy, but like I can't imagine him doing that. <laughs> and he's here tonight to pick up things. Yeah. I think you'll all enjoy it. So you talked about that, that you work together, and I wondered. Oh, actually, just wanted to ask a general question: Is is there an aspect of friendship we've talked a lot about the positives of it that you find a responsibility that you dislike? Like not as it doesn't presents, presents. at Christmas presents so many presents <laughs> and if uh, there's just so many like I'm so blessed I genuinely have just my soulmate and then I have 17 first best friends then like mm, 33 like so specific pure best friend Amy you're a great present giver um, and then but then I'm like how can I get Amy something back that's of equal presence that's that thoughtful and then there's so mm. just get gifts and the gift cycle and when Christmas comes around I feel so sweaty mm. because of all the little I feel like most of the Chinese factories are in production because of women buying bits of shit for each other. <laughs> just bits of shit and just recycling bits yes, of shit. Yes, have you, do you know the store Tiger? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's just women going, oh God, I think Mary likes her more than I like her. Well, we'll just get her something, a mirror, she's probably a mirror, and then a little like bag of presents. Yeah, yeah. I find this really interesting. Do you know about the five love languages? Yes. So for anyone who doesn't know, very quickly, they are like, they are exactly what they sound like. So they are physical affection, words of affirmation, Acts of service, uh, gifts, and quality I time. And I, uh, thank you so much. But I was just going to say, I don't give a shit about gifts. Um, and like, usually it's how you sort of show love to people, but it's also the, the way that you show love is usually how you like to receive love. Mm. Um, and for me, I like physical affection, sex with my friends, um, <laughs> and, uh, and words of affirmation. So it really means a lot to me for, you know, for people to say, you are brilliant, Bruno, 24-7. Mm. Um, um, but I just I'm the same I cannot I like don't give gifts or receive gifts um, but 
if you want like a specific example of um, like a, a responsibility in friendship that I find tiring but have to do, it's listening to Ashling read out the text messages that she's just got from a man. You told me. <laughs> joke I love it I think communication is a really key aspect of when you talk about friendships specifically female friendships like when we were talking earlier about the noises that people would do and you know exactly what they were talking about often this idea of women's talking is like mother's meetings you know this kind of sense that women kind of come together and just gabble away and it's often been quite a dismissive thing but I feel like we now understand that communication we now we finally understood guys I don't know if you know about smartphones but they've really helped us with ourselves <laughs> I'm a better person because of my iPhone but I think communication is so key and you talked about how for you guys especially knowing that there's someone who's going to respond mm. when you send a text or you make that phone call is important and we clock in with each other I think one thing we're quite good at is flagging up when something's mildly problematic like later on um, we'll, like later on sometimes Bruno send me text, going, by the way when you said that I found that a bit sad would you mind da, 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 da. I'm just saying it now mm. oh by the way when I say this I'm just flagging up that I'm a bit sad today so can we you know or i don't like making jokes about that today but mm. next week we'll absolutely rip the shit into it mm. um and and i think those little moments to 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 know that um they always come with love mm. and to have that trust there i think is really important in any relationship i think um recently i've been doing a lot of thought on communication and recently i've been thinking recently <laughs> i've been thinking and it's mad <laughs> One time there was this horse and he wasn't even there, but I used my brain to imagine he was there. Oh, what a day. What a Wednesday. Um, and, uh, but I have uh, I've been thinking a lot on the idea of female communication. And there is the stereotype, like you did earlier, Amy, of us being blah, 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 blah. And I've been reading up on this and how lucky we are to do that. And because even though that's a stereotype, that stereotype allows us to do it. Mm. And we are in a place where we are allowed from a very young age to chat away, to talk about our feelings, to discuss, to analyze, and to get ourselves to a point where by our 30s, we know- In, in a few years time. Yes. <laughs> <coughs> God, 70s hard, isn't it, Brona? Um, <laughs> we get to a place where we actually have emotional language as a language. We have it as a separate language. And what I've found over the last uh, couple of months, I've been doing a lot of work with um, male mental health charities and doing a lot of talk about uh, male mental health and suicide and why it's such a problem with men. And a big part of it is a lot of, because men aren't given the space from a young age to chat, you're told to shut up and be quiet and women will always talk more than you, that it's to be strong and to be brave is, 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 is the way a man should be and it's a gay or like a woman as if both of those are negative things um, to talk about your feelings. And what happens is we stunt, and I say we in that society and women as well, stunt men's ability to learn emotional language so by the time many men get to their 30s and when we're all, as women, working out a lot of our issues about our parents, about our feelings, about what's happened to us, men are so behind, and I don't mean this as an intelligence way at all, I'm not trying to say this in a patronizing way, are so behind to have the words or tools that throughout our 20s we fucked up on. We kind of half got right, half got wrong. 
and men are are decades behind women, in, mm. even in groups about about doing this, about moments where we're allowed to be vulnerable or ugly in ourselves or whatever it is, and and then we also in our if you're in a, a straight relationship, we can often say like, oh, why didn't you understand me when I said that and that and that? But actually, we have to give the the men in our lives a bit more of a break because. It's, it's in many ways, we've learned French from a young age and we're speaking to someone who's just started to get mm. their head around the idea of French and we're expecting them to have the exact same tools. Now that is in no way um, about um, education, about intelligence, it's, it's none of that. It's about the space to just <coughs> gaggle away, to go into a bathroom and go, I love your top. By the way, I have daddy issues. I have daddy issues. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine two men doing that? Mm. Can you imagine two men taking out their penises where they have to show them to each other publicly before they've ever met each mm. other, talk to each other and pee in front of each other and go, God, I feel sad sometimes. Do I look okay? And that is not... That is not biologically. That moment is a gorgeous moment between two people. It's all about yeah. helping each other. And men have to miss out on that. Little moments throughout a day where, where we get to talk to each other and just get rid of all the stuff. So by the time we get to our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and we're Dame Judy Dench. I often find that hard to say. I'm going to say Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> and I got it right that time, but then I flagged up the mistake. What am I like? Um, and Maggie Smith living on an island or whatever together. That, that that is there and I genuinely feel so and that's I think a big thing that we have to start changing mm. with ourselves and helping our yeah. male pals out I completely agree with that that and I of course I completely agree with that I think there's an aspect of that though that the kind of not it's not counter argument but part of that same argument is this idea about emotional labor and women being mm. the people who have been taught to be emotionally uh, empathetic so it's not it's like obviously a lot of women are naturally they do I'm not saying all women are dickheads. The point of this show is not for me to say that all women are dickheads. Some of us are. Not all of us. You know, like, and I'm happy to be that, but I do think there's a sort of culture of assuming that women are going to be naturally empathetic. In the workplace, there's this, um, it's quite an American phrase, but this idea called the den mother, someone who will help you pick up on things and will always be looking out for you, will always know how the printer works. You know, like, who do you shout to when the printer's not working? You know, is it, it's always Janice. Poor Janice sits next to the printer. And Janice always ends up just going, like, I'll just do it. You know, and like, how many times do women in their lives say, I'll just do it. And it's that conversation often in relationships, heteronormative relationships, about like who remembers to buy the birthday cards, um, who is not necessarily who does all the chores, but who says, this week we need to do. You know, who does the invisible thinking? And that, yeah. I, it's not a counterbalance to that at all, but it is part of this whole conversation about what we naturally expect from men and women and non-binary individuals. It's neither of us any good. Because right. then a lot of men, there's this wonderful TED talk by Brene Brown, and she talks about vulnerability and shame in it. And it's brilliant. It's about 10 minutes. I'd really advise watching it. And at the end, a man comes up to her and says, I know what you're saying, but my family expects me to be their rock, so I don't get to break down. Mm. I don't, and and the, two, the, 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 the two in a heteronormative relationship, the two of us or with our male friends or whatever it is, are both becoming, it's not helping either of us. So I just wanted to um, briefly say, like, I, I think when we talk about feminism, sometimes it's very hard to sort of grab a hold of it. You know, there's a, there's a lot to talk about, and you often feel like maybe you're making the wrong mistakes. 
the wrong mistakes. You make the right mistakes. Um, you're making mistakes when you talk about it, but I hope you can see that you can have a conversation about feminism that is personal to you, and you can really find feminism within everything in your life. You know, everyone in this room, it's not just for women. I mean, I don't know if you can tell that I took a lot of cough syrup before this show, but I'm not normally this sincere, but I do feel like I might cry. I think someone's like, uh, friendship is good. Ashley, me and Amy are friends. Uh, our friendship has feminism, and feminism is also good. Yes, and the analogy I'd like to draw um, similar to your building one, is that you know sometimes I think we can learn a lot from good female friendships, and I don't think all female friendships are inherently feminist. You know, obviously not. But the best things about female friendships is like about support, and it's about seeing yourself within a space as yourself. So I often think about feminism as sort of a life raft, actually, because you know in this turbulent world there's so much going on. It's hard to sometimes know who you, who you are outside of the labels that society puts on you. Like when you walk into a room, what are the three things that people say? Boom, boom, boom. That's you. You're always fighting against that. But in feminism, and I think in good friendships, you get a space where you truly can be yourself. So I urge you, I mean, you're in a room, it's 10.30 on Wednesday, and I just talked about feminism as a life raft. So we're all similar people. Um, so I would urge you, before you leave, turn around, make a new friend. And thank you so much. Give it up for a wonderful guest, Bruna C. Tilly and Ashing B. Hope to see you at another show. Good night. Amy and X. So, are we any closer to finding out what women want? I don't know. I'm not a pharmacist. Thank you so, so much for listening. Please rate, subscribe and share. It makes such a difference in my ongoing journey to top Mel Gibson when you Google what women want. Thank you to producer Zach Annette and to radio legend Shola Aleje for her help. Music is by The Artisans via Gemendo Publishing. What Women Want is going to Edinburgh. We will be at The Pleasance for six dates only, Saturdays and Sundays in August 2019. Please check out The Pleasance website to get your tickets. I cannot wait to see you there. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.